Don't try this at home or at all. I'm Justin. That's too many cats, dangerous. I'm Sam. A truly exhausting film-going experience. I'm Tucker, and this is Roar on Stinker Madness. Hello and welcome to Stinker Madness, the podcast for bad movie lovers by bad movie lovers. Uh, I'm your host, Justin. This week, we've got Sam and Tucker back uh, with a gem of a stinker that uh, is something to behold. Uh, in 1981's Roar, starring Tippi Hedren and a very young uh, daughter-in-law, or stepdaughter, or somebody's stepdaughter. Daughter. It's her daughter. Yeah, daughter. Her daughter. Okay, Melanie Griffith. Uh and Absolute Insanity. Uh, it's currently streaming for free on YouTube. It's not very clearly titled. Um, the title uh, of the YouTube video, we'll have it on our website, but um, is it says something like compilation or something like that. Like the, you'd think that there was a bunch of clips that are all mashed together. But no, this is a, the full length movie. So go pick the right one and it's totally worth it. Uh, Sam, I'm going to turn it over to you. What can you tell us about this nightmare? <laughs> Ultimately, this is all Alfred Hitchcock's fault. <laughs> Agreed. <clears throat> Do you know where I'm going with this, Tucker? I believe so. Vertigo. It's definitely Vertigo. Rear window. I mean, rear window. No. So the film, The Girl, that was critically acclaimed BBC yeah. HBO, is about Alfred Hitchcock's constant sexual harassment of Tippi Hedren because she's under contract and he basically owns her. Okay. He kept her in a cage. He wouldn't mm -hmm. let her interact with other people. And he constantly demanded that she was to service him sexually. You're kidding. No. No. She, with the threat of ending her career, and so she was able to fight him off, deal with it psychologically. He never assaulted her, but it was a constant barrage of blow me, do me, you're my property. Wow. Um, All of this intertwined with movie related animal horror so there's some psychological problems going on here i think <laughs> you think birds is yeah she's she's in the birds um mm -hmm. right so it culminates in him actually ruining her career she after marnie refuses to work for him ever again mm -hmm. uh barely finishes the film and he doesn't release her from her contract. He pays her for two years to do nothing before selling her contract to Universal under the stipulation that they only put her in one-offs on TV. Universal eventually realizes what a shit deal it is and releases her from the contract, at which point her career is pretty much ruined. Um, she does a movie in Africa that makes her see these cats. Don Johnson's in it, inadvertently leads to him marrying her daughter, Melanie Griffith, who, from her first marriage to Peter Griffith, not Peter Griffin... Uh -huh. <laughs> by this time, however, her husband, uh, Noel Marshall, Noel Marshall, who's actually Noel Bangert. He Bangert. was a venture capitalist. He bought into some films, became an agent, became her agent. He'd actually unsubscribed to all of the trade magazines at their home and mansion because it was psychologically disturbing to her not getting work. So they're just not doing anything. And she sees the cats, and they decide, well, we're not doing anything, so we should do this. Yeah, they specifically see cats that have that are living in an abandoned ranger's house in Africa, and it gives I'm, them this I'm idea. I'm going to read 
the direct quote that she gave Parade Magazine. Okay. And I'm also going to do it in the voicing of... Um, <laughs> Jack Nicholson. No. <laughs> Who was the gal that... I'm going to do it in the post-Parkinson's voicing of Catherine Hepburn. Hmm. Not to make fun of Parkinson's serious condition. <laughs> it was amazing to see the lions were sitting in the windows. They were going in and out of the doors. They were sitting on the verandas. They were on top of the Portuguese house, and they were in front of the house. It was such a unique thing to see, and we thought, for a movie, let us use the great cats as our stars. So J- James Mason is who you were going for there. <laughs> Maybe. I'm not sure. It wasn't very... I didn't. I kind of leaned out of the Parkinson's thing because it's too serious. Uh, okay, so l- let me back up. Let me back up. They're not working. They go to Africa to film something, and they see this house that is covered in cats, big yeah. cats. Well, that's the other thing. Like, when you hear what I said, and you read the words, she's talking about this unique thing to see, but, like, what all of those words say is, I saw cats. Right? <laughs> big kitties. Mm-hmm. She's okay. just so inspired. Right. She's inspired by, by seeing cats. Yeah. Big ones. Big ones. So they buy a bunch of land in the middle of nowhere that doesn't have any water, and they divert, uh, I believe, some Union Pacific irrigation, illegally, probably, well, to see- make a fake lake. That will later lead to mm-hmm. an other ecological disaster. Okay. Uh, well, they're in, the va- in a valley in California. Yes, worth no water. It's out in the desert, yeah. basically. But the, it's also like a f- flood... Um, what do you call that? Uh, flood zone, <laughs> floodplain, yeah. floodplain. Yeah. Most of the desert is a floodplain because <laughs> yeah. when it finally does rain, the wa- the ground so hard it flash floods. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I may as well just get this out of the way now. It says that there's no animals harmed in the making of this film, even though 14 mm-hmm. of them died of disease and three of them had to get shot during said flash flood. Right. Uh, you're Fuck skipping ahead a little society. bit. They didn't have to get shot. Uh, Didn't they? No. Well, I don't know. So, I mean, their story was, and this is well into production. They've been shooting because uh, they, they're like, so one of the kids is like, dad's got this great idea that instead of getting trained cats, that we would raise our own pride. So they build right. this huge set and these pens and everything, and they and they live with these cats, and they they're collecting them, and they also collect two elephants and the zebras, and um, it's just insanity. But they're living with like they collected like 125 cats or something like that. So they've gone, they've gone full Carol Baskin at this point. Yeah, we'll get to that later. Where do you think okay. all those people got the fucking cats? Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. All right. So um, they've got they, like, they've got a compound essentially. Yeah, and they with, go broke. Big cats doing this. They had to they had to sell their mansion to pay for the thing by the end of it. Oh um, they had to borrow money. They didn't make anything back, but but I mean, like in the minority, middle of this, because the because the production's like ten years long or something, right? Or five years at least. They shoot at the ranch for five, and then they have to go to Africa to get pickups, and they do other and pickups for two that, years after like, that. Five years of just collecting and raising cats, right? And there's four years of post-production because they shot right. everything all the time with up to eight Panavision cameras. And most of them were not full Panavision rigs. They were uh, just 
anamorphic adapter rigs because you can't have that many Panavision cameras and, and keep the thing together for less than $140 million. But the vast yeah. minority of these cats were not unwanted cats. Yeah. They were probably procuring some of these cats illegally. I can't prove that, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. it's all mm-hmm. very loosey-goosey and that there are only a few unwanted big cats that they were able to get a hold of. Yeah. Like it doesn't inadvertently lead to Tiger King. It directly leads to it. Okay. <laughs> right. So and there's like the production stops. Everything stops because they go broke and they have, uh, um, they're living on a trailer on the set basically in this Valley. And um, then Noel Marshall is a producer on the exorcist. So right. boom, yeah. suddenly he's flush with cash. They're back on there. He was a venture capitalist. He was an agent. He was a lot of things. And so mm-hmm. that's really where they're at on this entire production is just waiting for one of the investments that he's already made to sort of hit. And then they put mm-hmm. more money back into this thing. Okay. I want to the- back you guys up a little bit. I know that there's lots of sexy to talk about, but first I want to talk about how more about how this entire thing started. For instance, you say, okay, she saw the cats. They, they are like, let's make a movie about cats. Was there anything in place as far as a film concept rather than like, let's just shoot a bunch of cats. Is there a script? Is there a plot? Is there anything that says we can make a movie around X? Yes, they had an original script. Once they start raising the cats, they realize that's not going to work. They're not going to be able to do any of it. At one point, uh, he Noel had decided to credit most of the cats as writers. <laughs> yeah, they're both because, they're credited as writers and directors, right? Right. Yes. In the movie, it says. Yeah. Because you it's a bag of fucking cats. Yeah. Hurting cats. All of the things they say about cats. But I think their stated purpose in making the movie was that we want to show that animals and people, these animals and these people can then live together in harmony. Like that's the in- intent at the beginning. And then Noel Marshall writes the script. So, you know, it's not heavy on story. It's heavy on him talking about how great they are, kind of. Right, okay. And it's like, yeah, let's put him in these crazy situations. And he's a fucking lunatic. He's a lunatic. He's a lunatic. And by the middle, like, by the very beginning of uh, production, that's when they start bringing in other cameras because he realizes there's no actual herding of cats and that they just need to have as many cameras getting as many things as possible and the projected six-month shooting schedule turns into seven years. Right. It would be, okay. So now we've got a concept of a film. Uh, and and it's going to break from that. He under, Noel understands that we're going to just do what we can and, and tie it all together in post. Who are we going to get in this film? Who could I possibly ask to be in my giant danger cat movie? Hmm. This is the plan well, from the beginning. They knew they weren't going to be able to do it union because they had to basically steal water and do so many illegal things that it had to be a non-union production. And so really the only people that you could get to star in it was was your family. Right. Your Mm -hmm. wife and children. (laughs) Who are living with the cats already. So it makes sense. They're comfortable with the cats. The cats are comfortable with them. Melanie Griffith was not comfortable with it. She originally ditched her role. Because she was pretty afraid that she was going to get mauled by a lion. Because mm, they're lions. Is usually what happens? 
Uh, yeah, she was on the low count. She only had 50 stitches in her face put back together. Uh -huh. That's okay. the low count of injury on yeah. this film. So yeah, she, so mm -hmm. Melanie Griffith, famed actress, had a very successful career. You're saying got her face clawed off by a lion in this movie. Almost lost an eye. They yeah. didn't really think the eye was going to work again. My God. Yeah, uh, there's just a an endless list of that, but there's 70 people injured over the course of it. They said that at one point they were sending a person to the hospital every week and that the, the hospital was expanding at the time and the crew started calling it the Noel Marshall wing. <laughs> <laughs> they were expanding the hospital specifically for these injuries. <laughs> and he later recounted that it wasn't that there was 70 people injured of the 140 people that worked on the film, 70 of them were hospitalized. Hospitalized. Over 100 were injured. Right. Uh, so, so basically, craft service is also just doubling as an ambulance. Here's your <laughs> pizza and chicken wings, guys. You got anything I'm taking back with me? <laughs> I believe Oops. that when you make a movie with lions, you're the craft service. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So where are we oh, at? Uh, they, so they're going to... Because they have to take a chance, but they also need somebody to shoot things. They bring in Jan DeBont, who is uh, the director of Speed, Twister, Speed mm -hmm. 2. But really, he's a he's a great cinematographer. And he was Verhoeven's cinematographer. So he was just coming over from the other side of the pond. So he took this as a chance. He's the high count of the stitches. It took mm -hmm. 200 stitches to sew his scalp back onto his head. Yeah, he got Did scalped. You guys see did you guys see the photo of the back of his melon? Yeah. It's horrifying. The, the way I found out about this movie is, ironically, this week I was watching a series on Netflix called The Movies That Made Us or something, and they were talking about Die Hard and mm -hmm. uh, bringing in. And I don't think it's Jandabont. I think it's Yondabont because he's Dutch. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I could be wrong about that, but that's how they pronounce it on Netflix. I assume that they're a bigger authority than we are. Um, uh, so, they, yeah, they, they started talking about this movie, and I was like, what the crap? Yondabont got the back of his head ripped off? But if you see this, the, mm -hmm. the, the image of it, it is clearly the entire back of his head is gone, gone. and they 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 just pasted it back together. I mean, it's insane. I was like, that's that's not an injury that you get making movies. I mean, sure, uh, you know, um, Vic Morrow got his head chopped off. That that's a different story, but um, yeah. it, it's 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 horrifying. I know the shot. So it's like three weeks into filming, and Yon Debont is they've dug a trench so that he can get his camera down at ground level for these lionesses to pass over. And they've put camo netting over him and his camera assistants in there. And everybody like the, the, the lion guy, <laughs> the <laughs> lion guy <laughs> tells him they're going to, if they see you under there, it's going to be trouble. And Jan de Bont apparently was kind of a, you know, everybody thought he was a prick, but he was like, it's fine and blah, blah, blah. So they keep doing it. And after like four or five takes, the lionesses start getting a little more disinterested. And so they start noticing things and they see something move under there. And one of them goes over and took just one swipe at it and ripped oh, his wow. scalp off. Oh, geez. Well, I guess I guess it's quite the resume piece because, you know, yeah. if you can shoot this, I could pretty much shoot everything. <laughs> and then uh, when like, Alamo Drafthouse re-released this, they used that picture as one of the posters. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I think he said something like, if you can work for Verhoeven, you can do anything. 
Right. But I'm, no, he actually he went back to work and he was like, this is the most dangerous and challenging thing ever, but it's the most challenging thing ever. So I'm going to I'm going to do it. And he did. And I I don't know if he made an agreement with Marshall on because you're looking at not like 75 percent cutting room floor. You're looking at like ninety nine point nine percent cutting room floor. And if he had rights to all the footage and sold it to nature or if they sold it to nature, because there's. So much footage they couldn't mm-hmm. use. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of footage they probably shouldn't have used, but did anyways. Like I had a moral quandary with this movie because it's rated PG. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm I, and Jackie wasn't watching it. And I go upstairs after the first 20 minutes and I'm like, <clears throat> we need to have a talk. Uh, this is something that you definitely have to watch. But it is PG. Do we want to bring the little guy in and have him see it? And then we both conferred that no, he can't watch it, even though it's PG, because it's actual people getting mauled by lions and tigers (laughs) and blood spraying all over the place. Uh, It's it would traumatize him. And it's, it's a PG. It's all to the backdrop of hokey. Oh, my God. Music. I mean, it's a nightmare. Oh. It is. Every piece of blood in the film is real. These people were really attacked. In the very front end, there's a guy just bleeding profusely. It's awful. So, yeah, I mean, it's a weird, like, like, it's so goofy that I was like, maybe he should watch it. He loves critters, but it's literally critters eating people. So I had to (laughs) say, no, it's not for kids. (laughs) Yeah. Even though I think it's supposed to be for kids. Yeah, it's like an anxiety attack the whole time for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like the music is constant and just like dent and it's just like, like the shit that's happening, you're just it's freaky. It freaks me out the whole time. It's it's like everything Tim Burton wants to be, but <laughs> could never do unintentionally. Like, I mean, you know, this this hokey cheesy idea behind you know with with the production and the, and the lines the dialogue and the music while people are getting murdered <laughs> um so the other like real notable um uh injuries for me were uh tippy hedron uh there's a big elephant scene you might recall <laughs> mm-hmm. the <laughs> elephant tears apart their boat and right. uh, Tippy ends up on top of the elephant, and it's a really weird shot. I don't know if you guys noticed it, but she's kind of leaning back with her feet up under the elephant almost, like under its head kind of. And then yeah. she comes back up on top of the elephant, and that shot's running backwards because that shot, she really fell off the elephant, and her ankle was caught between its tusk and its trunk, and it oh. broke her ankle. Um, so that was her big... Big one. And then um, I actually sort of read that that was even cut a little bit beyond reversed, that it basically gave her the Hulk Loki treatment. Right. She was in the she was she was down for a while. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that shut it down. Um, And then like close to uh, the beginning um, in the scene where Noel Marshall is taking a bath and then he gets out and he's in his underwear and a shirt. Uh-huh. And he brings his uh, his 
African friend into the house and there's these giant cats everywhere and they're on these steps or all these big male lions and they go sit down there and you know they're they look irritated in the movie it's really crazy but uh and they're growling and snapping at each other anyway he's he's standing there and this lion decided he was gonna take him and he came up and grabbed his naked thigh just Mm -hmm. chomped into him and dragged him off right and that and that's and they in to, the you hear him scream like a, a lot of the yeah. times Noel Marshall's like hey you big cat get away from me hey you you listen to what I'm saying you know you're just being fun and silly but you you're you're gonna hurt my hand that time yeah. he got chomped and he uh-huh. like more Wilhelms than the Wilhelm scream yeah and it looked like that the the lion was ready to eat him. Like yeah. It was like, I'm taking him back to my hole and we're going to eat. And so when he's in the hospital from that injury is when the flood happens and wipes oh, out the okay. set and uh, 13 cats get away. And two of them end up in a trailer park, get washed away down in a trailer park and animal control oh kills my God. them. And then the third one was Robbie, who's like the hero lion. Like mm-hmm. he was right. there. Their best Simba. guy, you know, right? And they were like, they were like, oh man, he has the best roar. He's the one that can do it, you know. But he's just like the most gentle cat, you know. And they loved him and everything. Well, apparently they were trying. He was freaked out, you know. Like everybody mm-hmm. was freaked out, and the lion was freaked out, and he was running at them, and the sheriffs were with them, and he was running at them, and they were they knew that it was fine and that they could calm him down, but the sheriffs didn't know that, and they killed right. Rob, Robbie. So, yeah, I don't know if they had to be shot. I don't know. Right. They could have had tranquilizer darts. You know, there may have been other uh, ways to deal with that. There isn't other ways to deal with that when you make the largest wildlife preserve ad hoc in the middle of nowhere, surrounded by people that are unable to deal with escaped lions. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's definitely their fault. It's the marshal's fault period that these critters oh yeah died but i I see tucker's point like we got to give noel marshall some credit for being able to deal with these animals because he's not who should be dealing with these animals but in certain (laughs) instances he's clearly more experienced than others he does have some level of control over these big cats one thing that we can't stress enough is that in almost every shot there's 50 big cats and he's yeah. controlling 49 of them pretty well. It's just that one that wants to eat him. <laughs> There's that and first shot they shot in the whole movie is when those big male cats are having that, having it out by mm-hmm. the, by the river there. And it's just, it's insane. And he goes jumping into the middle of it. Right. Like, Hey, gather. And um, he gets bit uh, or clawed. I can't remember. I think in his hand. Mm -hmm. Um, right away and that's when he's like hiding behind that branch like he takes that branch like sticks it in the lion's mouth basically as he like chases him into the water that's the first day (laughs) my god he's a crazy person he comes running into every scene going hey hey (laughs) (laughs) it's crazy you gotta get big otherwise they eat you yeah and he has some level of I wouldn't call it control over them but understanding of how you cannot get eaten by them? Yeah. Again, well, his whole ego game. trip was that 
his whole ego trip was that he had like established himself as the dominant alpha amongst mm-hmm. all these big cats because he had raised them and you know and like made that he was he was the figure. And I was like, yeah, but and they get challenged, dude. You're gonna get eaten. <laughs> also, that during the whole time of the gathering of the cats, it was like, did you read about these first? Full grown male lions don't fucking like each other. No, at that's, all. Yeah. That's another really weird thing about this is is a lot of the time when you see some sort of nature film uh, where they've got a group of cats, even even Tiger King. I mean, they had the males separated. They didn't have. 20 males in a room in a small room together that seems like day one you go i don't want to do this part like i know enough to know not 20 males in the same room that's insane that's because day one when you go work for joe exotic or carol baskins mm-hmm. day one they put you in a little room and they toss in a copy of roar <laughs> Mm -hmm. (laughs) like don't do this yeah with as much meth as you can put in your melon yeah (laughs) so this this is like the 1990s uh training video for for fast food workers (laughs) that they have to watch before they take the the job food safety (laughs) they just show roar from now on (laughs) Uh, you know at those places it seems possible it seems like actually it's probably a really good idea. Like, what else you get yeah. to just throw? Hey, you go do you go pick up uh, lion poop in, in the cage right now? No, you want to show this and put a little fear of God in them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sam, you got anything else? Not really. I mean, there's a whole book that Tippy Hedren wrote about this, and then there's uh, Animal Planet or Discovery did a movie in 2017 direct to TV, like that is called. Roar, mm. the most dangerous film ever made. Mm-hmm. So there's an abundance of information on this out there. All right, let's uh, let's dive into Roar. Um, as Sam mentioned, the film opens on uh, uh, some good B-roll of just various critters wandering through nature and doing their, their critter thing. Yeah. The thing that they should be doing, living their lives and not being hassled <laughs> by buttholes. But it says... Very first thing, hey, we just want you to know that no animals were harmed. Uh, yes, they were. Uh, but <laughs> it never says anything about people. <laughs> yeah, I was like, aren't I mean, people like animals? Thing. That's <laughs> what I have written here. First <laughs> no. note. We humans? <laughs> humans? People? At least 70. Over 100, apparently. Harmed. Not to mention the psychological we- toll this has to have taken. Oh, Absolutely. I have, I'm a little traumatized by I'm it. traumatized. <laughs> I only saw it once. I've seen it like three times. Will, oh my God. I would I would never watch this movie more than once. Um, I have to watch it again because I, I have to make Sandra watch it. Oh, I'm surprised she I didn't. I have to. Yeah. Jesus, yes. It, I, so because of birthday weekend, I had to watch this at like 1.30 last night mm. to be able to do everything I was doing. God. Uh-huh. Okay, so the first character we meet uh, is Hank, uh, played by Noel Marshall. It's weird that that Noel doesn't use his first name where everybody else in the film does use their real first name. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what makes him special. But he's he's, uh, basically the guy that everybody 
loves in Africa. He's he's the white savior. He comes in, he does some medicine to the to the Macy tribes, and everybody knows him. And and uh, he's he's almost like that guy from The Gods Must Be Crazy uh, <laughs> that uh, you know has the jeep that always breaks down and he can't get it to park. Yeah. And and, and uh, goes through a bunch of hijinks with the uh, lady that shows up in town. Um, but everybody loves him. Everybody knows him. He's got this. Uh, I, I guess it's a, a preserve of some sort that he, the big cat preserve that has been sanctioned by some committee and who knows what their power is, but they fund him. They give him grants uh, to do his research, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, which it mostly involves getting eaten. Um, and uh, with, with a couple caveats, there's a couple guys that aren't uh, big fans of this on that committee, but this is what he does is just uh, I- helps people and watches big cats think he's but he says at one point that they've been he's just taking the ones that are displaced by development mm-hmm. also his research includes racing a giraffe on a motorcycle that was right? bizarre looking right <laughs> i loved it i was like god it's so weird <laughs> yeah i don't know I'm what sure it Yon is de Bont right there was like jack Pratt. yeah <laughs> he does get some and the easiest stunning footage really he's a great <laughs> he's a great photographer yeah, yeah. God. I mean, that that's one thing that they dived into. And I know that Sam doesn't like this movie that much and uh, people will shout and scream. But Die Hard is shot so fucking well. Yeah. The last shot is iconic. It's yeah. like AFI top 10 shots or something. I mean, yep. the guy, you put a camera in his hand and magic fucking happens. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, basically, he... Also has a man, and I'm not sure what his man's relationship is with him, but this guy's name is Motivo, and he maybe he's a liaison between the cat preserve and the other peoples of the the areas. I don't know who is Motivo. I don't know if he's named Motivo, <laughs> then he's got a bitch in nightclub. <laughs> it's got everything. I th- I'll probably forget this when we get to that point because it's just like at what point is anything not just too many cats on screen? Uh, at one point he tries to leave uh, too many cats on screen and says, "I'm going to go wax my boat." <laughs> and you look at his boat and you're like, "That hasn't been waxed in forty fucking." That- you couldn't put wax on that piece of shit. Well, he hasn't needed to get out of a situation like this in the last however many years, so. <laughs> and it, the weirdness is, is that it seems like Motivo is there frequently, but at the same time, it's clear Motivo has no interest in being there at all. Like he has no, he's not prepared to deal with th- th- as many tigers and cats as there are. No, I think he's just a boatman who brings things on the river where you can't get to other than the river. And he's like, why do I have to come here? Fuck. And why am I staying here? Yeah. I don't understand my role in this movie. The, those cats won't leave his jacket alone. Right. My, yeah. That's my jacket. And, and I wonder if that was, that was a repeat. Was that scripted or? <laughs> None of this is scripted. There's yeah, fucking 50 right. cats on screen. You can't fucking script that. <sighs> we should also mention, we talk about a lot about the lions, uh, but there's also tigers. There's panthers. Uh-huh. There's cougars. There's jaguars. Um, there's a, like all sorts of big cats here. Yeah. And I, my understanding is, is that's also a problem. Like you really shouldn't have lions and tigers in the same area at all because they'll, they'll just go for alpha 
Um, they'll try to assert supremacy over the other species. They're a couple bears away from an oh my here. Okay, so at the airport, his family has arrived. Where they were, other than this small reference later about Chicago or something, and whether they've ever been to the wildlife preserve or not is also vague, and why they're coming, and what he's thinking, inviting his family to this place where he can't even... The entire opening is just him breaking up cat fights. This seems like a terrible idea to bring your family here. Like, my first couple times, I'm so traumatized that I couldn't tell you what was going on in the movie. And, like, this time... I, I caught a little bit more, even though I was still being traumatized, I felt. But so he got a grant and like didn't wait. He was like, I'm off. I'm going to go. And he didn't want to bring his family at first because it was, quote, too dangerous. <laughs> ah, but now- and I was like, now it's good. Now everything's settled. He's ready to bring his family into this fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's so weird. And it's not the right time. No. Because nothing is calmed down. And like there's even a subplot to this to this lion pride that he's living with that he tells Motivo. He's like, while Motivo's getting eaten by Panthers, uh, he's like, (laughs) Oh, don't worry. It's just they're just they're just having fun. They're just having fun. And then his face is getting eaten, like chomp, chomp, chomp. Oh, don't worry about it. They're just big cats. They're just they're just checking you out. Chomp, 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 chomp. But they're the subplot is that there's Robbie, who is the good lion, and then Torgar, Torgar, who is this. I mean, at least they cast Torgar right because he is like mean looking. <laughs> they have to cover him in blood yeah. or shoot him after he gets done eating to make him mean looking because, right. and they actually sub in another lion. That was one of the most tame lions because that's, uh, what's the guy that started the Church of Satan? Anton LaVey. Uh, Anton LaVey, that's yeah. Anton LaVey's tiger, uh, lion, because San Francisco is like, no, you can't keep a lion as a pet, even though it, I guess, hadn't been a problem. So that's why that one's always covered in blood is because they were shooting it after it had been eating because it wasn't very menacing in real life. Mm. Ah, okay. All right. Well, Torgar, Torgar did a great job. Uh, he, if they, so anyways, they've got this, this subplot of dominance, alpha dominance between Togar and Robbie and, uh, Noel Marshall's like, oh, you know, there, he's just got to figure it out on his own. He's got to deal with this Togar situation. Chomp, 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 chomp. Yeah. Don't worry about getting bit in the face there, Motivo. It's okay. <laughs> They're just checking you out. Chomp, chomp, chomp. They're constantly trying to eat his bloody hand through this entire <laughs> sequence. They're just, yeah. it's like, in and he's like, okay, I'll let you suck on this yeah. for a while, but don't eat me. Like, don't put it in there. It's actively bleeding. <laughs> yeah, I had it like, he's he's waving his bloody hand in front of that whiny tiger Gary. Like, he's just putting it in his <laughs> mouth, basically. He's like, what's wrong, baby? <laughs> the tiger's like, Gary scene is insane. It's so crazy. I mean, like. He is for like this man is so daffy that he walks into a house filled with tigers I mean, filled. and lions. It's filled. not an exaggeration. Like there's tens, tens of tigers inside the house. 
There's nothing else in there. they're piled on top of each other. <laughs> there's nothing. It, 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 like, they're piled on top of each Ugh. other because there's no room for them to go anywhere, which also seems like a really terrible idea. Like, <laughs> let's make a tiger pile. Anybody? Anybody ever been in the middle of a tiger pile? Um, and so they finally, after much battles and him getting eaten in the leg and being like, oh, you big silly cats with music behind it. Uh he gets them all outside, but one of them doesn't want to go outside. This is totally has nothing to do with anything. And he just goes like he's magnetized to, you know what? Here's here's a lie. I'm going to go mess with it. I'm going to go stick my bloody hand in his face and be like, oh, Gary, you got to get out there. What are you doing in here, Gary? Why are you being so shy? Boop, doop, 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 chomp, 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 chomp. It's, oh, I've been- oh, my God pretty good with cats my whole life i can kind of speak a little cat here and i know exactly what gary's saying because he's whining and roaring at the same time he's like what's wrong gary and gary's like i'm not big enough to eat you right if i was (laughs) bigger i would eat you right now and i'm bemoaning this situation (laughs) so the the rest of the committee shows up and they're in a boat because i guess that's the only safe way to get to this place is by boat so they show up in two boats and first they're like oh yeah you're doing a great job we're, you've got the grant you're funded you you just keep doing your big that cat thing chomp 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 and uh we'll give you all the chomp money and then this other guy is like you know what no i don't like this a I want to do real estate development. And also, B, <laughs> you're the butthole that brought tigers into Africa. These guys aren't even supposed to be here. Yeah. It's a really interesting scene where the committee comes to, like, evaluate things. Like, are things going well? And they all get mauled by they lions. Yeah. mauled by lions. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Things are going great. Don't. They're just checking you out. Just stay in the boat. They're just checking. Chomp, 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 chomp. Uh, in, there's a man bleeding so prof- profusely out of his head in some of these shots that he can barely stand. Right. Yeah. Because what happens is there's this this subplot of Torgar and Robbie. They're like they get in a giant big ass brawl and he's like I got to get out there and stop it. So Noel throws himself in the middle of a, ty- a lion fight and then uh, these guys end up with a tiger. All the disruption from the lion fight end up with a tiger in their boat, which then sinks their boat. Yeah. They're in the middle of the water. The tiger eats them, mauls three dudes, and uh, finally Noel comes over and rescues him by going, I'm big! I only read this in zoo books many years ago, so I can only speculate on how reliable the information still is, but Tigers are great in the water. Like, you do not want to be in the water right. with a tiger. Yeah. At any fucking point. And this guy actively lets people be in the water with fucking tigers. Several Actors. times. Yeah. Actors in the water with tigers. Not stuntmen. Not people who are trained professionals. Actors. Yeah. Yikes. Um. Yeah. Wow. Um. So, they, they're like, no, oh. we're shutting you down. Yeah. And while he's dealing with all of this, his family's arrived at the airport and they're like, he was going to pick us up. What's going on? And they end up getting on a bus and and going and like Marshall has Noel Marshall has made maybe a reference to his family coming. But Mm -hmm. like 
I've totally lost track. I'm like, is he planning on getting them? Because now he's dealing with this like massacre that's happening <laughs> of, of the board. <laughs> and <laughs> it's, I don't know when he, when he finally like goes, which is another, like, I don't know what he's, he's an idiot. Like his character's an idiot. <laughs> he's an idiot. I was like, what is he doing? They're like, he's like, okay, let's go do this. And it's, um, and then he ends up like, on a boat with tigers again? Is that what happens? Right. He's yeah. taking the tigers to meet his family at the designated spot that he didn't tell them about, which is a place that they didn't go to. Exactly. Yeah, none of it exactly. makes any and, sense. And, it, and at, at a time that they w- wasn't agreed to. Yeah. And then when they get dropped <laughs> off already- by the bus, they're like, it's just over that hill. And I was like, oh, through that field of elephants? Uh huh. Like there's like ten elephants they got to get through. I was like, this is where they're dropping them. That's the bus stop. Yeah. Oh my god. All and right. he's not so... going there. <laughs> no, he's not. No, he's traveling by boat somewhere else that seems to be in a different direction and three times as far away as wherever they got yeah. dropped off by the airport. And then he ends up going to the airport. Like after dark, he bicycles to the airport later. Man, you guys have skipped so much of, I know. of the movie. I'm all over uh, the place. Uh, okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, most of my notes, though, we can skip a little bit, is uh, every single line ends with, uh, then he's eaten alive, then he's mauled, then he's <laughs> eaten alive. Oh, that guy got mauled and eaten alive. I do like that at one point, after Hank takes his bath um, and, and saves uh, Motivo in his undies and then gets eaten, um, mm-hmm. he puts on his nice shirt. Which his nice shirt is also a shirt that has been ripped to shreds by lions. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is how my, my notes family's go. coming. Like <laughs> I gotta get out of denim and put on my nice shirt. <laughs> you have any that aren't ripped up by lions? Well, of course not. <laughs> All of my my notes almost like more more often than not end with "Holy fuck!" On all of these, I actually had to quit at. I think it's 111 minutes, and I actively took notes until about minute 68, and then I just have, like, exclamation points and question marks <laughs> that are, like, three inches tall sometimes. <laughs> but it's always like, this happens. It's like, his his uh, African friend runs out of the house, and all the and then gets eaten. cats come, and he, he gets tackled, and then Noel Marshall comes out going, hey, hey! And he jumps around until it gets off of him. And then he walks him back inside and they go. And I'm like, okay, now they're back inside, you know, forgetting for a second that that's no better. And and then they show the stairs and there's like five giant male tigers. And he's like, let's go sit over here. And that's where like, (laughs) oh, holy fuck. Every time they go to a new place, I'm like, oh, my God. The the the. The pair of brass ones that the actor of Motivo has yeah. on him is he he's not part of the Marshall family. No. He doesn't have to be there. And he's not you can see that he, he is not trained because he's not doing the things on screen that Noel's doing that actually sort of works. He still gets mauled and eaten all the time, but again, 49 out of 50, he's yeah. got under control. Uh, whereas Motivo's got none of them under control and he's just hi- always hiding behind Noel. But then there's sequences where he can't hide behind Noel and he's got to step over like lions laying yeah. on stairs. And it's like, dude, no. Yeah. And Motivo looks scared. Like, right? I believe him. He is. I believe him. 
<laughs> there's when he first gets there, some of they're like I just am speculating on the filmmaking, but he's like, well, we'll just put you in with some of the smaller cats. And the smaller cats immediately start probing him to see if they can eat him. Right. Oh, they're just checking <laughs> yeah. you out. They're just smelling to see who we are. They want to get to know you. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Oh, d- don't worry about your face getting bitten. That's just what they do. These silly cats. Do, 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 do. <laughs> I do have a bit of a fun note here. Hot dog dinner. Because when he's taking the bath, one of the lions goes right after his dinger. Oh, I saw that, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he takes a bath with lions. Yeah, there's so many lions in there. Okay, so the mom and the family is on the bus. They're on their way. I want to make note of this, that uh, Melanie is like, you know, mom, down here in Africa, it's legal to be married to many women. Uh, do you think that's what dad is doing? And uh, the mom's like, what are you talking about? Well, you know, he haven't seen him for a while. Are you sure that he's been faithful to you? And then mom basically says, you watch it, Miss- Missy. Yeah. You better be careful down here because you're asking for it. Whoa. Like, what is the family dynamic here? Also, in that same dialogue, when she says the you know polygamy is widespread down here, her actual direct answer is, "Well, your father and I have been having problems, so he came here." Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What? Oh my god! I don't want to be a part of this family. Okay. When when they get to the house and he's gone, mm-hmm. and he probably sunk his boat by now with tigers on it and yes hank and motivo's boat has sank <laughs> and they get there and they're like they they don't they're not hip right away to the magnitude of things and they're walking around mm-hmm. the house and not seeing any of these cats even though there's some on top still but most of them are outside i don't th- i don't think they see the ones on top they don't see them and it's uh i am so nervous watching that scene too i don't the whole movie makes me really nervous um but when they finally see them, they're like, oh, my God. And they look out the window and they're tearing a zebra apart. Right? And then they all come inside and they're throwing this bloody zebra parts around and eating them. <laughs> and it's horrific. And Tippy Hedren says, look what the cat dragged in. Good. <laughs> I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Yeah, they're treating this is for in, kids? They're treating it like like it's it's Swiss Family Robinson time yeah. or something, and then it instantly becomes the Heaven's Gate. <laughs> it's just a murder field. It right after this, when they get there, this turns into a horror movie. Right, it's like worse than the birds. It's it's horrible. It is because mm-hmm. they end up. To get away, because now the lions are in a feeding frenzy inside the house that they're in. And and mind you, this isn't, this is a fine set to film a movie in. This isn't a fine set to fill with lions and fill a movie in. This, <laughs> it's not, these rooms and hallways that they're hiding in are not big. There's a lot of sequences during this chase sequence that things go awry um, because there's not enough room to film and have the actors in and furniture and 20 damn lions. Um, But basically they have a Scooby-Doo chase around the house with them hiding in cabinets and lockers and wherever they can get and all with lions chasing them hot on their damn heels. 
And the lions well, are ripping thing, the fucking house apart. They're tearing up the couch. Mm-hmm. They're tearing up everything. They're knocking over the shelves. I mean, it's serious. Like, it feels like they're trying to eat them. Like, for sure. That's what it feels like. It's like they're hiding for their lives. Right. And at one point, one the two the- brothers are, like, outside, go, and they they come inside, and they look down, and there's cats everywhere again, because they're trying to get to where Melanie and Tippy are hiding. And one of them goes, uh, boy, have we got troubles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's on purpose or inadvertent because of the complete misunderstanding of big cats. Like, hey, let's put a bunch of mo- lions, male lions in a small room and see what happens. The worst thing that you can do with a lion or a tiger is turn and run because then you are actually putting a sign on your back that says dinner exclamation point. Yeah. And he's doing that to his own family. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I know that um, back in the day when they were building all the uh, roads in India, um, the workers would have to wear masks on the back of their heads that had eyes and a mouth and everything so that the tigers wouldn't attack them from behind they had if you have two heads if the if the tiger can see your face they are much less likely to attack you i didn't know that the same applied to lions but uh well lions do different things because they're pack animals whereas tigers are more uh mm-hmm. solitary um the lions will attack you directly from the front once they're confident they can eat you mm-hmm. but if it's lionesses who usually do the hunting it's the raptor thing where they get you to stare at the one in the middle and the two hit you from the side clever girl. it's a male lion clever who just girl. sizes you up <laughs> yeah if, if it's a male lion he just sizes you up and then once he realizes you're not big enough it doesn't really matter which way you're facing but if you turn and run it's sporting for him. Right. Now it's fun. Yeah. I hear, like, and this is for everybody, like, this is just com- safety around lions and tigers, guys, like, at least for dudes, you know. Um, I've got it on good authority that if you come in, you know, you're face down with one of these guys, best thing you can do is just wave your dick at it <laughs> and go like, ah, you know, just wave it around. That'll, that'll show them. That works every time. A little safety tip. Dun, 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 dun. The more you know. <laughs> so they don't like hot dog dinner? They. That's exactly right. He wasn't waving it around. <laughs> don't like it. You have to he wave was, it around. Yeah, they were like, why don't you wave this thing around so we can get out of here? Yeah. <laughs> it's key. As long as you're helicoptering, you're safe. But if, like, it's just, if it's just a boring ding dong, they're like, let's eat him. Get that thing moving. <laughs> get that thing moving. <laughs> All right, so uh, they they eventually get chased upstairs. Uh, they do a pretty good job of hiding a, a little bit for being thrust into the situation. But all the cabinets that they're hiding in get knocked over because, again, there's not room for these animals yeah. um, and, uh, and people. And so they're chased upstairs by Torgar. He's inside the house, and they have a real bad problem with Torgar because he's mean and tough. And eventually he rips the mom's shirt off. It's like, oh, really? Yeah. That, come on, really? Er- <laughs> Earlier, inadvertently, Melanie Griffith's pants get ripped and her whole butt comes out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I hope she's old enough for this to not be pornography. Right. It's illegal. Right. So they're trapped. Torgar's getting in. They have nowhere to go when all of a sudden Robbie shows up. And Robbie rescues them from Torgar. Yeah. How about that? 
They don't seem to notice, though. They're still pretty terrified. Because what all Robbie's trying to do is be like, dude, back off, Torgar. Those are my people that I'm going to eat. He's not not protecting them. He's eating them. (laughs) No, he's like, bitch, that's my spot in line. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. So now... The guys have have, uh, gotten off the boat. They're walking. They get to another tribe where Motivo uh, negotiates some trade for some bikes. Meanwhile, Hank has brought in the two tigers that were with them. And the tribe is like, oh, my God. (laughs) They hide all their livestock. But I'm pretty sure the tiger ate all their livestock. And so now all those people are going to die. The tiger might prefer the people because they're not as hard to bring down. Yeah, I guess. As long as they're facing the other direction, they're pretty much dead. I also have to mention that the bicycles, for all of the horrible and heinous ideas that are involved in this film, he decided, why don't we just stage one of the nastiest bike crashes that I've that's been put on film in here too. I mean, <laughs> shit, nobody's actually been eaten by one of these things yet. Let's ride full speed into each other on bicycles <laughs> and see if we live. <laughs> this movie's like uh, jackass, but less responsible. Oh yeah. Good comparison. <laughs> <laughs> so they're on their way to the airport. Uh, it's now dark outside. Um, some time has, has taken place while, uh, his family has been, uh, hor- horrifly or horrified. Mm-hmm. However I'm In the say. same time <clears throat> it's taken for him to g- go and retrieve them. They got there by taking a 20 minute bus ride and are now like right dead heat in horror uh-huh. yeah. for hours right. of horror. Where? Did he go? Well, he had. He went by boat, then by foot, then by bike. Most of the time, towing tigers. He did not go the easy way. Right. Well, he eventually borrows a car, and then yeah, he gets to the airport after dark, right. and then says, "Can I borrow your car?" And he picks right. up the tigers on the way back. And the, and the next scene, the next time we see him, which is pretty much immediately, it's a jump cut. It's now day outside. He's in a car from the airport. It He got there when it was sunset. Yeah. He got the car, started driving, and now it's morning. Where did he go? Must be his other family. <laughs> They've been having marital difficulties. <laughs> right. I wonder if they're also being terrorized by his his other family has the snake problem. They're they're covered in snakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's at the, that's at the snake, snake house. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I got this whole lion thing with my main family. Mm-hmm. Polygamy's big here. <laughs> what I got for you guys is I was able to round up six male silverback gorillas. <laughs> if you could keep them in this room together and keep them calm, that would be great. I'll be back sometime. <laughs> Things go a little haywire for me. I don't know when I'll make it back, but I'll be back. <laughs> his his uh, newest family basically just has to live in a hole in the ground that's filled with sharks. <laughs> it's not even a building. Get in the shark pit, kids. <laughs> that's less dangerous than anything that's happening in the movie. Because sharks really don't actually like to eat people unless they have to. Well, these ones they usually spit them out. Yeah, right. <laughs> 
These ones are really hungry. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So he's he's on his way back. Uh, and Motivo, then the, the- I like this scene when he picks up Motivo and the tigers who he's left in a tree. Mm-hmm. And Motivo's like, why are you in such a rush? Well, because I got to go save my family. <laughs> yeah. Your family's dead. Yeah. They were eaten. They are dinner. The they're using their bones as napkins yeah. right now. Like good pal, Motivo. Yeah. <laughs> also, He's Motivo is like I I don't want to ride with the tigers. I'll ride on the standing one-legged on the back of a jeep down a washboard, the only place less safe than in between those tigers. Greg and what's his name? I feel like the washboard is going to be uncomfortable enough that the tigers don't want to eat him just during the ride. After they stop, he's probably in trouble. Yeah, okay, all right. Well, they might take a bite out of his face here and there, like, hey, they're just checking you out. They've never been in a car before. Let Uh, them do their thing. It's natural. Chomp, 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 chomp. Oh, get get his head out of your mouth, Greg. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Uh, One of his sons, it took him 25 minutes to get a lion to release his head. Jesus Christ. 25 minutes inside the mouth. 25 minutes. How do you survive that? I don't know. Like, their teeth are massive and they have obviously they're not alligator bite force but they've got pretty serious bite force how does it not crush your skull well he wasn't obviously uh trying to that's the only explanation right he's (laughs) he's just learning your ways i'm not gonna let him go but i'm not gonna kill him just yet (laughs) (laughs) the lion was renegotiating his contract (laughs) yet So they've now blown a tire at the top of a mountain like this. I'm Mm. really glad that they didn't spend more time on this sequence of events because this road that they're on is very dangerous with two tigers on the back of this goddamn car. Uh, And they skid out, pull off to the side of the road, and now Hank's got to hoof it. Yeah. And have his family tried to escape in the boat yet? No, no, no. We're not quite there. Not there there yet. I've got... I've got a few sequences of animal torture here as well. Uh-huh. Uh, a lion manages to get his head stuck in a bucket or a, a helmet, and they just go ahead and film that while he can't see and bonks into stuff. It's pretty funny. Uh, another yeah. gets a shoe stuck on his teeth. It's he can't just get natural. It's and- natural. <laughs> he's just he's just checking out your shoe. That's what they do in the wild. They eat shoes. They put on helmets. It's just natural. It's just Greg and Gary. <laughs> I like the one that, the one that gets on the skateboard I've named Tony Chomp because I'm an idiot <laughs> I have bad jokes yeah I mean god damn it so much b-roll of these tigers being tortured by people awesome stuff also at this at this point have the family been actively evading being eaten for about 12 hours mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They, they gotta be wearing out right Right. Yeah. They mentioned later that they are exhausted. They've not had any sleep. I say, uh, you're exhausted. I've been watching this. Right. Yeah. I know that's not. So more they use this opportunity but... to escape by boat. <laughs> uh, they found a little rowboat. Uh, John and Jerry are probably the worst whoremen that I've ever seen because the mm-hmm. very first place that they go, 
they row straight into the mouth, open waiting mouth of the <sighs> lion. <laughs> Jesus. And the lion keeps like pulling the boat back and then taking it, trying to get him. Pulling the boat back, right. trying to get him. Ugh. It's I can't imagine horrible. being in a worse position to defend off a lion and then on my back inside of a rowboat. Yeah. With my head hanging out right towards its mouth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absurd. And eventually they get capsized because, of course, they're terrible oarsmen. Uh, and then they uh, get their, their boat gets smashed up by an elephant. So now they don't have a boat. Yeah. I mean, they, they only mm-hmm. made it to the opposite shoreline. <laughs> That's as far as they got in a boat. Yeah. That elephant tears the shit out of that boat. And then... When it's done with it, it just kicks it. <laughs> I fucking love that elephant. <laughs> so now they're stuck again inside the house. Uh, John has said, you know what? Dad's got a motorcycle. I'm going to ride it and go get help. Good plan, John. That's what you should have done when you got there. He's going to ride around in circles and go back to the uh, house immediately. It's, oh, my God. Damn which it, John, is John. What are you doing? The, the second or third time that they fight their way through the lions in order to escape, only to decide to fight their way back through the lions in order to get back inside. Mm. He just goes in a circle. He does do this boss-ass oh, jump, though, over the river. Yeah. That was a good stunt. That was crazy. And then he drives thought, up into the house, mm-hmm. up onto the roof. And then jumps off that into the river or to the lake, the Great. pond. With tigers. With tigers in, in the, the water. water. It's <sighs> so crazy. Do you, why, how do you screw this up so bad, guys? You had a boat. His- you go, you went across the shore, <laughs> which then you wrecked, and then you had to go back in the house. Now you're on a motorcycle and you drive in a circle back <laughs> to the roof of the house and into the river? <laughs> When he's doing this to his own children, the one, and we should mention that the kid that rides the motorcycle, uh, he isn't in any of the family landing and bus shots. He just, like, appears when they get to the house. You're like, hey, who's the fucking guy in the flannel? What the fuck? But he's like, Dad, I I went ahead and read that copy of Zoo Books you got me, (laughs) and it says not to do this. And he's like... They have motorcycles in zoo books? Oh, no. Common sense is telling me not to ride the motorcycle up to the top of the house and jump into a river. <laughs> zoo books are specifically telling me not to be in water with tigers. Yes. And I suspect all zoo books uh, published after this date will have a warning about you, Dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, back inside, uh, Melanie Griffith is now getting mauled. Uh, the tiger has clawed her face off and mm-hmm. is now pulling the back of her scalp apart. Uh, and it, it's this is a really <laughs> weird sequence because I knew that after reading up on this movie that this is where she gets injured. And yeah. the whole time, it's not really like you're watching it, but it's also dubbed afterwards with her just going, ow, yeah, stop it. Owie, hey, stop. And you're knowing that Melanie Griffith is getting eaten alive right here. It's, ah, man, the psychological trauma that you have to go through watching this movie. It's really fucking yeah. terrible. Yeah. Anyway, so they're uh, uh, chased up to the roof. 
They hide in a couple barrels, which ends up them getting tossed off the roof as well. Everybody has now been tossed off the roof and are now in the river and being chased by tigers. Yeah. Typical. I like I like when mom does though she gets back in the house and she takes like she, she's like, I'm so tired, I'm just gonna sit down in this comfy spot with this shelf that broke off and is dumping pots and pans onto my head. Yeah. And then honey just drips down over her sleeping head her face. I guess when they did this, one of the Tigers tried to eat her honey sweet face. No way. <laughs> I didn't actually put that in the movie. It's like, my only sense of decency <laughs> is to spare my wife's dignity just this once. <laughs> when the tiger rips her shirt off, I'm going to keep that. Right. Oh, my God. Or the lion, I think, ripped her shirt off. Yeah, Torgar. Yeah. Um, actually, it was the door that ripped her shirt off. It was really dumb. Um, oh, so her husband ripped her shirt yeah, off. His, yeah, mm. exactly. Oh, good. Exactly. And then we haven't mentioned the other – there's two guys from the board, the committee or whatever that are coming uh-huh. to get revenge because they're like, this is bullshit and they they went after us and blah, blah, blah. And so they're going to just go kill every lion. So Any a, lion that they see on the way yeah. and there. They didn't bring enough ammunition. No, no, they did not. They need a crate to shoot all yeah. these things. Yeah, you need a, one of those spinny guns like Arnold gets. Uh-huh. <laughs> roof of uh, Skynet. A General Electric minigun. Yeah, yeah. Give me one of those. That's how many how many damn lions and tigers there are. <laughs> it might still not be enough. <laughs> All right. So, uh, mom wakes up. She's surrounded by cougars. She runs to the roof, and then she crosses the uh, uh, the aqueduct. I guess you'd call it to the water wheel, where the kids have now made it across the shore. And this is where the movie loses it for me. <laughs> There's a house <laughs> next door with a chain link fence. That's where the lions sleep. Go there first. Shut the fence. Lock them out. Go inside. Take a snooze. Why did you? You guys have been riding around on motorcycles and in boats and getting chased up and down stairs. And you're like, hey, what about that house that has a damn fence? Why don't we go over there? <laughs> Not until the movie's the lions, three quarters over. The lions have a little catwalk that they can get over the fence, so it doesn't really matter. Hmm. Then you knock the kid like that's that's better than the house, Sam, that is filled with lions already. And also, why the fence? Then? Well, right, why the fence? Why the fence? And but the movie tells us once they go in there and fall asleep, the lions all come in and fall asleep with them. And uh-huh. if you Sleep where lions sleep, they won't eat you. <sighs> now they're all friends. Finally, finally, the horror has ended. They have now entered the Garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. They are one with the animals. They are the nature people who can speak and respect and live together with the animals, just as Hank wanted. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> because they took a nap. With lions. Mm-hmm. That's all it takes. <laughs> yeah. That was the climax of the movie. <laughs> to go from food to friend is a little little snooze with some kitties. <laughs> yeah. Mankind, if we could just take naps with the animals, we'd all, we'd have perfect harmony. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I took a nap with a silverback gorilla. <laughs> I only have one arm now. 
<laughs> All because of Hank. Noel Marshall and his damn movie message. <laughs> I believed him. <laughs> Just gonna snuggle some piranhas. Oh man. And when they're all reunited once Noel gets back. Oh, oh um, no, no, don't go there yet. We've got oh, we've right. got to deal with these two comedians. Oh guys. right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The two so uh they're lion killers. They find some lions, they start plugging them, mm-hmm. and uh I'm you know, the movie says no lions were harmed in this movie. They tranked these uh lions up pretty good. Yeah. They tranked them and tossed them off little, little cliffs. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, no harm. What, what's your definition of harm? Yeah. Hank, Noel, Marshall. I mean, like, oh, you know, some scrapes and bruises, a couple sprained ankles, but no harm. They'll recover. No, if you're a tiger and you sprain your ankle, you, you're like a show pony. You're dead. You, you can't get food now. You can't outrun your food. You're a hunter. You need working legs. You can't toss a tiger down a cliff. Asshole. <laughs> it should be noted also that these great bushman hunters are not very good at bushman hunting mm. <laughs> no they get a couple of the smaller ones and then they're immediately killed by a large male right yeah, yeah. torgar, torgar or, or and whatever then, his name is and this is where Noel marshall comes upon the scene and he's hey <laughs> she hayes on in <laughs> hey togar <laughs> and he gets in like a late yeah, but him and Togar getting like a, a shouting and running at each other ma- a match, going back and forth. Like he'll chase him for a minute, and then Togar chase him back, and all the while he's screaming either Togar or Hey. So I've got. <laughs> Could you another, imagine like not um, just living with these tigers and lions and shit, but living with that guy also? Oh my god! Right. Like how insane would that house have been? Like. Just with the cats alone would be enough to drive you crazy. But then this lunatic jumping around and being the alpha just constantly in motion and yelling at him. Maybe that explains the 25 minute head inside the lion is that he's like, just bite down. And his dad keeps going. Hey, hey!" (laughs) he's like, I want it to end. Bite down now. (laughs) For once, dad, will you please just shut up? Let me me go out. I'm so tired of this. Um, Did you guys notice when it there's two the two poachers? There's the guy at the beginning that gives them a bunch of guff and is, is the main guy. And then his man. Um, I read something in the notes that one of the casts or not one of the cast, but one of the crew ended up getting bit and their ear being torn off and part of their, their jaw. Did you guys read the, uh, up on that? Because the reason I bring it up is when these two guys get mauled, I'm pretty sure I saw one of them get half their face bit off. Oh. And it was the guy that already had half his face bitten off earlier. Right. So th- they just went back for the rest of it. This this sequence here looks pretty real where I'm pretty sure I saw chunks of man come off. Like and and also part of his throat was ripped out. Jesus. Well, I didn't see that, but there's no faking any of it because they didn't have the wherewithal or the budget or the wherewithal mm-hmm. to do any fake injuries. So if you saw chunks of people come off, it was chunks of people coming yeah, off. Yeah, it's, it's very brief, Ben. I wouldn't have even picked up on it if I hadn't read about that guy having his throat opened up and his ear 
uh, torn off. And then that this sequence, that is exactly mm. what happened. So I think Noel just shot one of the crew getting eaten was like, I got to get this shot. Rolly, rolly, yeah. rolly film. Yuck. All right. So they're dead. Uh, Torgar is now headed for the family. Uh, even though they've made peace with the lions, uh, Robbie comes in, they have a big fight, uh, and Robbie, Robbie wins. Uh, so now he's the dominant, uh, tiger, uh, or the lion. Uh, Hank runs in, he's mauled, Jerry's mauled. Uh, the mom is crushed by a lion, uh, and then Motivo arrives, and uh, he's mauled, and then Hank is like, hey, uh, psst, by the way, about those two dead dudes, let's not tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just keep that on the QT that those two dudes are dead. Yeah. The committee's now more sympathizing. Oh, my God. <laughs> What a bunch of wackos. <laughs> yeah. So they all go inside where they're immediately mauled by lions. Uh, oh, and, and like him and his begins. son, him and his son are like up against the wall and the lions are like jumping up on him, you know, like excited uh-huh. dogs do. And they're just like all over him. And uh, Noah Marshall says, isn't this fantastic? <laughs> they're not doing like dogs do. They're trying to eat those <laughs> people. <laughs> <laughs> At very best case scenario is they're getting smashed by 500 pound lions who yeah. are hugging them. Like either, oh man, this is the best. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> My guts. Oh. Uh, and then the music starts. Uh, this song about here we are now living in Eden. Peace with critters yeah. and everything is good. And they're all just living blissful lives with them, and they're all sleeping mm-hmm. with them. Like, right? The the parents have like Tippy and Noel have like ten lions on their bed, but then like you know one of the other kids just has like one big lion in their bed with them. It's so fucking crazy. All while this this montage is taking place, and some of the shots are like. You know, like, oh, here we are living in peace with the lions while the lions are still trying to eat them. And yeah. Noel is having to, like, use his hand to push their faces away from biting the heads of his children. Like, isn't this just the best? Get out of here, you damn lion. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to fuck it up. You fuck up the message of the movie, dummy. Don't eat my family. Uh, credits. My God. <sighs> I'm exhausted. Yeah, I'm exhausted talking about it. I'm exhausted watching it. It's exhausting. I ended up having to take two shots of tequila and drink a 7.2% beer when I got done with this. Mm. It drove me to drinking heavier (laughs) than I wanted to. So... I don't have a question. I mean, I do have questions, but I do want to mention this. The one thing that didn't come up that I thought would, um, I did watch a, a, a brief documentary about this where uh, Jerry Marshall was uh, interviewed. And Jerry Marshall said, could you believe growing up like that? My dad is a fucking asshole. Quote, unquote. Yeah. Like, Jerry Marshall said, I hate my father. What a terrible father he was. How could you do this to your children? Yeah. And they didn't have a choice. How could you do it? They did not have a choice when they were going into this. They couldn't volunteer for it or be like, yeah, I want to be in your crazy lion movie. There were, what is that? When you uh, 
coerced, I guess. They yeah. were forced well, this, into being in this movie. This was a family lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. Like, this was right. how they were raised, was making this movie and living with these animals. It's weird. How much do you, do you think of Melanie Griffith's decision to come back on board was like, I don't want my half-brothers to die without me. Right. Yeah. Right, and and we also have to understand that this was this was film over a span of ten years. They're they're not. I mean, it's the this is a cult, honestly, that these kids are trapped in. They don't have a chance to get away from it. They grew yeah. up surrounded by lions who wanted to kill them, all for their father and mother's vanity piece. Screw you, Tippy Hedren, and screw you, Noel Marshall. Horrible. Yeah. My text message to you was, please read about it, too. This is Jim Jones shit. Right. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. You're, uh, it's it's disgusting. Uh, so my first question is, how do we even quantify the damage that this movie did to conservation ship? <laughs> mm. There's no way to quantify it because, and I can't prove anything directly, I, this is speculation and conjecture, but if you just look at the timetable on big cat keeping in the U.S., mm-hmm. this leads directly Absolutely. to all of the shit in Tiger King. Yep. Every single jackass who wants to be, oh, yeah, I've got a tiger. I've got a tiger. He lives yeah. with me. Oh, that tiger got real big. I'm going to sell that tiger for meat. Oh, good. Good. Good stuff, you rich prick. Um, you know, I mean, even like Neverland. Think about, you know, the animals that Michael Jackson had on his compound. Like, I just can't imagine that this movie didn't have any sort of influence on all these people that thought that were rich Beverly Hills living buttholes that thought that they could do whatever they wanted with anything that they wanted. Tippy ended up getting those tigers. There you go. For the Neverland tigers? Yep. There you go. I I think she got the Neverland Zoo. In the sort of aftermath of this, they're divorced almost immediately. Yeah. For good reason. Yes. And because of the ecological disaster, the exact opposite of what conservation is, they set this up into the Shambhala preserve. Like she tries to fix it. Mm -hmm. But again, it just inadvertently leads to non-professionals keeping wild animals. Right. Right. I mean, it's just so... I, I don't mean to, well, yeah, I do mean to sound like one of those people, but it's so entitled. Like, oh, we're, you know, people, people got to stop killing these critters. We're trying to save them and, and, and we're the only ones that can because yeah. we're rich people that live in Beverly Hills. Fuck you. And the scientists are like, no, no, no. What are yeah. you, no. Biologists are all like, no. I mean, it's just so entitled and. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like, if you want to help... Because they're building golf courses in the natural habitat while they're doing this. The problem, like, they they want to conserve these animals, and I I think that's great. And I think if you could, you know, you could use your money and your influence to do those things, but to pervert it and act like these are pets and that these Mm -hmm. are, like, that this is how they should be living is insane. It's not a service to animals. It's not a service to anyone. And it's It's a stupid way to go at it. It's like, things don't have to be cute to have a right to exist. They don't have to be cuddly to have a right to exist. Mm -hmm. But the answer is never with these people stop developing the natural habitat of wild animals. Yeah. 
It's never that. Right. Yeah. Right. Needs to be. All right. Who's next? Is this worse than Calamity of Snakes? Oh, I wanted to bring up Calamity of Snakes. Tucker, you ever seen Calamity of Snakes? No, I'm not familiar with that. It's Again, it's one of those movies where it's like, dude, yeah, you should probably watch it. Is, are you going to feel gross afterwards? Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Because Calamity of Snakes is this really baffling. Uh, wasn't it a Japanese movie, Sam? That was Indonesian. Indonesian, yeah. Uh, where eventually the it's like the Towering Inferno, but with snakes. And uh, at one point, <laughs> I mean, it's snake murder. I mean, it is just hundreds and hundreds of snakes it's, getting murdered for film. I would estimate 20,000 snakes were killed in the making of that film, and I'm not being conservative yeah, with that you're estimate. Probably right. Wow. It's crazy. And Sam and I, like, as soon as it was over, because we were like, I'm pretty sure this movie was super awesome, but I can't like it because it was terrible. <laughs> it's a horrible, horrible. I mean, I'll answer my own question right now. It's not as probably this isn't as as bad as the murder that takes place to the animals, obviously, mm-hmm. in Calamity of Snakes, but the well-meaning, misguided influence is worse. Yeah. Right, the repercussions. It's watershed effect. Yeah, the repercussions is worse because yeah. anybody that watches Calamity of Snakes goes, "Why the fuck did you kill that many snakes?" Half the people that saw this wanted to start their own mm-hmm. fucking zoo. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Good, good point. Yeah, Tucker. Well, at least only like twelve people saw this. Like that's <laughs> the saving grace. Carol Baskins and Joe Exotic and. <laughs> Yeah. Five other people. My only question I had written down, we kind of addressed at the beginning, which was that did you did you think uh, Tippy Hedren was this crazy before Hitchcock traumatized her? But we already discussed that. Oh man! Well, yeah. I mean, and then she gets married to you know Noel Marshall, who is clearly yeah. daffy and doesn't have this excuse of being tortured by Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I mean, yeah, there's a case to be made, you know, spot. just uh, just you know, abuse wise that she mm-hmm. would not have married Noel Marshall had right. she not been traumatized by Hitchcock. Of course, absolutely. Hitchcock might not have been the first, you know, people are traumatizing women all the time. <laughs> I did directly blame Alfred Hitchcock for this. Yeah. For a very, I mean, that's my answer is I am directly blaming Alfred Hitchcock for all of this. It happening. might as yeah. well be a Alfred Hitchcock film. Yeah, there's your moral if you're a douchebag. <laughs> uh, it's the butterfly effect of, of douchebaggery, yeah. you know? Don't yeah. do it. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. All right, so my final question. Uh, is this the most dangerous movie? Uh, it feels close to it for me because it is like an anxiety attack from start to finish pretty much for me. <laughs> well, one point, nobody did die. No, no one was killed. Nobody died. No. Somebody died in Rambo 2 in a more dangerous set of circumstances. Mm-hmm. That's true. Uh, the driving the cars through the sheet metal in Police Story is outwardly more dangerous. And half of the Indonesian stunt films that I've seen are completely more dangerous than this. People die. 
Yeah. So right. it isn't the most dangerous film. It's the fucking stupidest idea. It's the yeah, most stupid that I've idea. probably ever seen. It's it's the most dangerous, like on purpose. Uh, I think everything else is done through incompetence or s- just kind of a stupid mistake. Usually, when things go wrong and people die, or you know, John Landis's hubris, whatever it might right. be. But it's not like we're gonna set out to make this crazy fucking thing that has, like, there's. There's no reason to believe this is not going to be a problem, right? Like, I like you don't go into most movies thinking, well, we're probably going to have over a hundred injuries. Unless Jackie Chan, like Jackie Chan's we, like nobody else is going to get injured. I'm yeah, maybe have Jackie Chan. Injuries. Sure, <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah, I I think that Jackie on the front end of his career was willingly sending people to the hospital. And back on, you know, two, three a week basis, whereas this guy didn't know that was going to happen and like still was hopeful that it wasn't going to happen. He didn't mean for all of those people to get hurt. And I do have uh, one question left. Do you think that the ticket sales would have been better had Noel Marshall gone with his script concept title? Lions, lions, and more lions. <laughs> butts in seats. That title. Lions, lions, in and more lions. The movie. What an idiot. <laughs> They're idiots. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing we didn't discuss is the, the, uh, the numbers are all over the place, but it's estimated that this cost $17 million, uh, probably more than that because their entire preserve got destroyed and the cost of the lions that died um uh and and the lawsuits that should have been filed but i guess never were um in today's if they'd made this today well they'd probably all be shot into space and say get off our planet but um no they would make a netflix documentary and they'd be infamous and celebrities that people want to pardon yeah for being meth heads that did horrible things um and but on its initial release it only made two million worldwide, so it was a colossal flop. This was a vanity piece gone awry, as much as you can possibly do. Yeah, yeah, I think they called it the sort of most expensive home movie, but with you know eight Panavision rigs, it's not really a home movie. Uh, I am because of this Noel Marshall's guy's fingers in every pot. I'm just assuming that they sold all of the footage to nature i think that he probably made it back in a very subversive way probably not all of it back 12 million or 15 million dollars that's a lot to make back no and that you know tippy gets the land off the divorce and she turns it into this shambhala Mm -hmm. preserve which is probably a quote-unquote non-profit right yeah Mm -hmm. um anybody else final thoughts Okay, final recommendations. Uh, I'll start. Um, this is a tough one. I mean, it, it it goes into that calamity of snakes where, yeah, you go for it. Um, but I will never watch this movie again, ever. Um, do I recommend it? You better fucking believe it. Everybody has to see this movie. And it's a, again, it's a weird one because it's not so bad. It's good. It's so stupid. It's not good. Um 
because if you think about it, if things had gone perfectly to plan, where nobody got mauled, uh, the 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 story of his family arriving and getting chased around by lions and this horrific, you know, uh, uh, that's fairly standard fare. I mean, the birds. We we talked about the birds before. Um, if it had been the birds, no, this would not be a do at all. There's nothing outside of the people getting eaten that you have to show up for, but knowing Mm -hmm. what it is and knowing how stupid of a concept it is, this is by far the stupidest idea I've ever heard for a movie to be made. And I'm glad that it failed so terribly, but I feel awful for um, his children that were forced into this, into this fucking lion cult uh, that, yeah, absolutely. This is required viewing. Yeah. I would say that it should serve as a cautionary tale of the damage that rich idiots can do, mm-hmm. but <laughs> we keep making them presidents, yep. so yeah. it's a definite do. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. Everybody should see this. It's uh, it's a singular experience. There's yeah. nothing quite like it. And I hope that there never is again. My God. Uh, thank God we have CGI. Like, if anybody wanted to yeah. do this, it would just be cheaper to do it with cartoons yeah. rather than have your but, family get eaten. Yeah, but then it wouldn't be what it is, and it wouldn't be interesting at all. Like, well, the only thing that makes this movie interesting <laughs> is the fact that it's out of its fucking mind. Right. Yeah. And that so, it does oh. feel dangerous. Like, it's not like this story or anything else has anything to offer. It's just that you're sitting there watching it like slack jawed and what the fuck are they thinking the entire time? Like, someone's going to die. Even though you know no one's going to die, you still feel like someone's going to die every five seconds. Yeah. Like, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bonkers film. And I'm glad that you brought it to our attention, Tucker. Thank you. Um, definitely go watch it on YouTube before it gets copyrighted or something. Because Drafthouse does own the rights yeah. to this film. I think the distribution. So I have no idea how it's still on YouTube. I would yeah. watch it sooner rather than yeah. later. We might shed light onto this and they might take it off. Yay, good for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so do it. Uh, next week on the show. You can sh- go ahead. You will be. I Drafthouse. Drafthouse does do VOD, though, so at worst, you'll have to pay five bucks to see it if they do that. Yeah. Um, next week on the show, we might have Jackie back with uh, her pick, Lombada, the Forbidden Dance, <laughs> uh, the uh, the deep impact to Dirty Dancing's Armageddon. Uh-huh. Did I do that right? I think that's right. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Eight. All right. So um, I guess it that should be fun. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, if uh, if she's unavailable, it will be Sam's pick, uh, and we'll see what that would be. So, have a great week, guys. Get to the chopper.